Hey everybody, welcome back to the Primal Warrior Podcast. It is Monday, January 10th, and we have Zach Mikowski on for episode 11. Big thank you to Zach for coming on the podcast. Um, Zach is a former Bellator World Champion. He's a UFC veteran. He's a world champion wrestler and just all around a great source of knowledge and a great human being. Um, yeah, they get into a bunch of things on the podcast. They talk about uh, how Zach got into MMA, his approach to fighting, uh, what he enjoys about coaching, uh, and a bunch more in between. And I've already said enough, so enjoy it. So now, this is uh, episode 11 of the Primal Warrior Podcast, and we got another special guest, a uh, former Bellator champion, uh, UFC, multiple UFC veteran. What is it, 10 fights in the UFC? Seven. Seven fights in the UFC. Now you're fighting for, uh, what's the promotion's name? Brave Combat Federation. Brave Combat Federation. We got Zach McCoskey in the building. Thank you for joining us today in the Primal Warrior Podcast. Pleasure. appreciate you guys having me. Yes, yes. Um, there's a lot to talk about. When man, it's just I just see your demeanor, the way you approach martial arts. But before we even dive deep in, the, in that, deep in the hole in that, I just want the people to know a little context of like where did your martial art career, like what what started it off for you? Um, well, I mean, I started wrestling from a young age, but I mean, there was no like I'm gonna start pursuing martial arts as a career from that. It was just. A sport that I started because my dad did it and uh, I was too short to play basketball. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I mean, I was kind of always into martial arts movies and uh, first time I watched Bloodsport, I was like, this is it, this is what I'll do it. <laughs> Frank Dukes. And uh, you know, then the UFC started and I was in high school, or I mean, no, it was before I was in high school, but when I was in high school, I would like go to Blockbuster and rent the VHS and like, I had heard this Hoist Gracie guy, and I'm expecting some sort of like ninja like that is like super fast. And he's like this little unathletic dude who kind of tackles people, and then just they can't get away from him. And you know, expanded to the sport it is, and I just always wanted to uh, to uh, kind of pursue it. You know, I, I liked wrestling a lot. I liked how the combat nature of wrestling, and this is just a more free version of that where you're allowed to use more techniques and, and weapons to accomplish your goal. And uh, it's just kind of like, I slowly found my way into martial arts circles and it just snowballed. Even when I started, I was just like interested in training and competing more after wrestling. And I was like, I'll take a fight. I never, there was no career to be had. It wasn't like, I'm like, I'm gonna be a pro fighter. Cause lightweight classes didn't exist at all. So it was right. like, it was just something I liked doing. I liked competing. I knew I wasn't good enough wrestling to like go international or Olympics or anything like that. And I thought this was interesting and I was into martial arts, so just started getting more into boxing and Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and all that stuff. Beautiful. Um, I did a little research and uh, you also wrestled Division One, right? Yeah. Uh, what was, the Drexel? Drexel. Yeah, yeah what, what was that experience like of wrestling collegiately? Like, um, what, you know, because sometimes for wrestlers it's like bittersweet, you know, some guys like kind of like either go either way with it, where they're like pursuing it all the way, or some guys you hear like kind of just become maybe like bitter in a sense or want nothing to do with the sport and then they might let themselves go. What was kind of your experience of wrestling yeah. in, at that level? When I got there? Yeah. So it was pretty interesting because I know a lot of people who like were like phenoms in high school right. and got to college where they were away from their parents who were like were very strict with them about yeah. wrestling and they got there and they were like burnt out. 
even though they were one of some of the more skilled people I've ever seen, just kind of, they weren't into it anymore. And it wasn't a reflection of them becoming worse. They just didn't care as much about it now that they had their, they could do with, with their time whatever they wanted. And my parents were like very, I, I criticized them for not pushing me harder earlier. You know, I didn't take wrestling super serious. I was like, I was very mediocre around here. Like I never even qualified for states or anything, but I was like pretty good. I never would do any extra work. I would skip like, my parents would sign me up for a talent wrestling club and extra workouts. I would always skip home, hang out with my friends. I liked lifting. I got into lifting weights and I enjoyed lifting. So that was probably the only thing I did outside of wrestling. I never studied wrestling. I never tried to like think about it like, you know, systematically or break it down to like, why is this working? Why is it not working? It was always just like, oh, I should just train harder and do more. Like I never thought about it deeply until I got to college and I realized I wanted to be good. It was probably happened real late in high school. I was like, man, I wish I would put more into this and be good. And I got a chance to go to Drexel and I got invited to walk on the team there. And, uh, you know, everyone thought I was like gonna get cut for sure. I was like one of 18 freshmen that started. I was like, because I would never train. Like we were going two to five mile distance runs and I was like, in the back of the pack with the heavyweights, every, every runner. Like I could not run, I was never a runner. Sprints, I was better and sprinting more, but I was like middle of the pack. Everyone thought I was gonna get cut after the, after the first year or whatever. I'm actually the only one out of those 18 freshmen that made it all five years. And I was uh, captain when I was senior year. But it's like, I just, I just like, after that first year of like, work, I didn't know people worked that hard. Like I was so sore, I couldn't walk for like three weeks. Like I couldn't believe people trained as hard as they were at Drexel. And I don't even think, Drexel's training especially hard for other like all division one programs are like brutally hard and I was it was just like a whole new world and I was like after the first year just like like beating myself physically to a pulp and getting crushed in the wrestling room for the most part I was like do I really want to go through that again over the summer summer break and uh, I was like I was like I want to I want to try to be good like I'm gonna commit to working out all summer. I'm gonna put time in, and then if I go back and I still can't hack it, whatever, I try. Mm -hmm. I put in a lot of work over the summer, came back, I was like in the middle of the pack on the distance runs and in the front of the sprints and doing way better in the room, and then was like one of the better ones, picked up a wrestling scholarship because I started doing well, and I just, and then like once I saw the fruits of my labor, I just never stopped training. I was just very consistent over time. Man, do, <clears throat> do you think that the like your parents allowing you to kind of just navigate on your own kind of gave you a like a starting point to kind of figure for yourself it was something for you to push through and you know decide on your own or do you feel like if you had been pushed harder that you would have burnt out the way that those other athletes do? I don't know. I think it's a really hard question to answer. Yeah. I have no idea. I, 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 I tell them now, I'm like, I wish you would have pushed me harder earlier because I definitely could have done way better in high school. But it's, it's not where I was at the moment. It's not how they thought they should be pushing me. If I, you know, they gave me the freedom to kind of, they did like, like, hey, we're signing you up for this like off-season wrestling club that you should go there multiple times a week. And I would go once in a while, but for the most part, skip balls every session. So they did like lead me down a path that I could pursue, but I don't know. It was just, I was just in high school and young and more interested in hanging out with my friends and girlfriend and stuff like that so yeah. I don't know I, I don't know if it would have helped if I would have been further now or if it would have hurt it's really hard to tell I have no idea it's all hypotheticals in a sense right but 
it's an interesting dynamic when you think of it, man. Because I know a couple of my buddies that is kind of the same boat in a different sport where their parents were like, every day, like if they didn't hit their 100 swings in baseball or if they didn't do their fielding, um, they're grounded. And then you hear about like they don't even want to look at a gym no more. And they're just, it's beat, it's like beat out of them. But I just always find it like a interesting when you think of like what builds an athlete. And it's like, you know, we could think about all these hypotheticals, but it's kind of like, kind of your story and every situation that you had to overcome in those dark times was probably like what molded you as an athlete, you know, whether it was the wrestling room where you got beaten down to a pulp and you had to make a tough decision with yourself to say, man, am I gonna do this again? Or am I just gonna, those critical pivotal moments, I feel like are when you make the, the right choice is like kind of like a turning point for an athlete. Do you agree with that? Or do you, yeah, do you I mean, feel? For sure, um, and I think I think that's where like a lot of people get those moments and decide not to go through with it, and that's where they end up regretting some of their choices. But I'm not really sure. Like, in my opinion, there's no reason to regret anything. Like, you, you make decisions in the moment for the reasons. Like, you have your reasons, and you may wish you did something different now. But at that point, you weren't in a position to do anything different. You know, you can only learn from those mistakes. I think regret is to a totally wasted idea. Like, I wish I was in the position I am now then so I could have made a different decision, but you weren't. There's just no way to do that. It's like, I wish I could go back there. If you went back there, you would do the exact same thing you did. You yeah. know, it's, it's like that quote from uh, Joe Rogan, like, you know, like, oh, I wish I had started earlier. Yeah, but you fucking didn't. So like, you're here now, so just keep going, mm -hmm. right? Like, I think that's a big piece. Like, a lot of people beat themselves up for not knowing what they know in the present time how many years before but the only thing you can really do is try and leave it like leave the path a little bit better lit for the yeah. next person coming yeah. down right so like, that's what i try to do with my sons right like try and give them the answers to all the tests that i've ever taken and try and make sure that the path that i went down is a little bit better lit a little bit better uh, posted so that anybody that's going through the same issues or whatever else has a way to understand and like navigate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I get that, but like let's let's push back on that a little bit. Like, okay. Do you hear the like the saying of like no no son of a great man is what what is the quote like a son of a great man is never gonna become what the fuck because like they didn't face like the struggle oh, that okay. the, yeah, that the father get, that the father might have went through. Like, See, what what do you think about that? And I I get what you're saying, and I I understand what that quote. Is saying to the way that I look at it is though, that's who's who's to say that someone can't just be great because in their own way, like you don't, they don't have to live up to to who I was, right? Like, yeah. like for my sons, I don't want them to be me. I want them to be better than me in their own way, right? right, right, right. So like the the path that I went down, right? That would be like. Hey, Lucius actually asked me an interesting question the other day. He was like, you know, what if I don't join the army? Like, you know, and I was like, well, that's actually a pretty, you know, intelligent or like mature question for him to ask. He's only eight. Fire him slow, is what If he doesn't, he's out. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, um, I, <laughs> but he asked me this question. I looked at him, I was like, I was like, Papi, like whatever, whatever you, you want to do, is what I want you to do. I don't want you to do what I did because you feel like you have to 
following my footsteps. Yeah. The, the reason why I've gone down my path is to be able to provide you the opportunities that I've never had, right? Yeah. And so, and then for you to take those opportunities and then continue doing that for your sons and then their sons. And right. the, hope, you know, the, it just the idea down. is to yeah. trickle it, down. It's like the, what's instilled essentially, you know, what right. you instill in somebody. But to, to even add on to that, right? I feel like a, a big piece that, that I want, like, um, like what me and Brian, what me and Brian say a lot is to give people their flowers while they're still here, and I wanted to give you yours because, as an MMA coach, like from to be able to provide that, like um, I guess insight or, or that push or you know just that guidance and mentoring as an MMA coach or as like my MMA coach is has been tremendous, right? Like I feel like the 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 understanding of the game and just the questions that are asked, like instead of just going to a practice or to a training session and then just putting in work and like, okay, yeah, we got our reps, all right, everybody have a good day. But like those sessions where we end or start off with a question, right? And like to actually challenge the way that we think or to to make us think, I think it's huge and it, and it shows that you care, right? Um, and I, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate having you as a student. <laughs> so it's been, it's been awesome teaching. And uh, yeah, I think the quality that I value most in people generally is thoughtfulness. Like, we can disagree about, you can have a totally opposite opinion. I may think that opinion is terrible, but if you have honestly made an effort to think through why you think what you think and you believe it for real reasons that you've thought through, then I appreciate it. You know? mm -hmm. Just people who are reactionary and emotional and haven't thought through why they think what they think or why they do what they do. Uh, I think being thoughtful about stuff is what I value most in people. So that's, I do definitely try to instill that in others by asking questions and trying to make them think. That brings me to my next question. It's like, how important is uh, stoicism when it comes to like, and having your emotions intact when it comes to fighting and not being... You know, because it's, it's an interesting, like, dynamic, right? Because you have these savage fighters that are, like, all fire, right? And, you know, some of these guys, like, uh, let me bang, bro. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like, fire, you know what I mean? Listen, to bang. Julian Lane, yeah, right? Julian Lane. I mean, he's like Perry and Bear Let me bang. Let me bang. Like, let me bang, you know? Yeah, but then there's the guy, cool. like, GSP. Oh, sorry, I spit. <laughs> The guy like GSP, who's more, who's more thoughtful and cerebral and more of an intelligent, tactical strategist, you know, like, what's what's your take on how do you juggle these two uh, ends side of the spectrum? I think, I think the legacy speaks for itself in a sense, right? Yeah. Like, I feel, you know? I think people are different, and uh, you wouldn't want everyone to be the same way. Now, I have my approach, which I think is better. I think... Breaking, it, breaking things down, developing an understanding for why things work, when to use what you should use, developing certain weapons and being able to use them effectively in, against multiple people in multiple ways is what's going to make you successful in a fight. Maybe like uh, getting like angry or fired up can give you the confidence to step in and do it, but if it overrides your thought process, or if you haven't trained the things thoroughly enough that it's just automatic, then I think it would be ultimately a downfall. But I'm happy those people are around, even though I wouldn't want to be one of them, 
I don't want everyone to be the same. That would be boring as hell. Yeah. You know, I'm, I appreciate all the differences, and uh, I have my view. And I always, uh, when I'm teaching, I tell like, like I tell everyone all the time, like this is how I see it, and this is what I think. Doesn't mean it's going to be the best for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a principle. These are this is an overarching principle that I think m- makes this thing work. Here's how I work, make it work for me. It's not the only way. If the principle's right, you should be able to apply it, and it should work for you too. And, Whatever way, so like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I would struggle, I think, coaching someone, and, you know, not really, if they were emotional, I wouldn't feed into it, or like, try to build it up, or anything, I would let them be themselves. You say you wouldn't let them smell smelling salt, and like, <laughs> fire them up, you, you wouldn't add to it, like. <laughs> Bro, don't let this man lie to you, he 100% would come out, and just like, with the baby powder again. <laughs> I think, I think it's different, I mean, like, some people need, like, reinforced, like, like, you're fucking ready to go, let's, like, don't doubt it, you're ready, and some people need to, like, they're too much, and you're, like, chill, like, yeah, it's like, I feel like that, when I fight, I need to, like, I'm already, like, so, like, my, on, like, on nerve's end, that I have to, I just want to be, like, brought back to a normal range, you need a calm demeanor around you, yeah, that's why I, Pick this walkout songs I do and stuff, nothing that's gonna be like, let's go. I don't need that. I need to be in like a positive, like, as, as relaxed. I wanna bring it down from where I am, you know? And other people might be the opposite. They might be, they might need you to bring them up. To, to, and it's, it's pretty hard to find what everyone needs. It's like the art of coaching is one of the most difficult things. Like, now that you're, you know, you're in the, you're 36 now, right? Correct? Yeah. So yeah. like a 36. 38. So you're like, uh, in the tail end of your career, right? Like, honestly speaking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but not, not in a, you know, it's, it's a long time. You've been fighting since how long? Uh, since, uh, when was your first pro? I mean, just in December, I had my, it's been fun. So it's now over 15 years professionally. So like, that's not into like, that's something you gotta apply for. Quinn is gonna have the, the, the class and yeah, that's that. Like, that's no easy, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, like, just imagine the people that you probably started with, you know, and you look around and it's just like, wow, when the smoke cleared, I'm still here, you know what I'm saying, in the world of martial arts. But my question is, how did you, now that you're in the coaching side of things, like, how, like, is it a little trickier from being an athlete, you know, because you're more self-centered and worry about what you're doing, now that you're transitioning to coaching and now you got to read the room and apply the art of coaching where you gotta uh you know juggle all these different personalities and how you kind of you know navigate through that yeah it's definitely difficult um i'm i don't have a good hand i'm learning on the job like every time i go to corner someone new like i just cornered tati mm-hmm. it was the first time i've ever cornered her so i don't really know what they're like in the back i don't know what they need shout yeah. out to like tati yeah and so everyone's a little different you know when i corner johnny for the first time it was different I corner Gabby and Brittany. It was all first time scoring any of these people, so it's like you can be in the room with them and train, but like, you know, so Justin was the first time I cornered Justin. He was very different than I thought he would be relative to how he was in the room. And like, so you're learning all these things about how people compete and what their mindset is in there. And like, so I'm, it's like all on the fly now. And I'm just trying to basically reinforce the work we work we did, and that you know you have to go out there and. All you have to do is do, do your best to do the things that you want to do in the fight, and that's all you can do. You know? mm-hmm. 
You're not going to be able to fight better than you're capable. You just do the things you're capable of, and that's all you can do. Everything else will be will happen, however it happens. You know. Yeah. I feel like that's true in life. Yeah. You know, people people get so focused on all the extra shit. You know, like just focus on what you're capable of doing. Like you're not trying to be like like for for like when we live, right? And I'm not trying to be explosive like Brian. I'm trying to be explosive like being work on my shit. Well, you can try to be explosive because <laughs> it's gonna help your no, ability but, to explode. But you get what I'm saying though. Like yeah. people are trying to be something. It's good to look up to something and have a goal to work yeah. towards, right? But you gotta know your strengths, you right? Know? Like you're, you're. I've told you this before. You're like the greyhound, like. You could go for a mile. Who the like, fuck you disrespect the game? <laughs> but he thinks that disrespectful, but why do they name the Greyhound no. bus station? Because the Greyhound could go from US, from Cali to <laughs> New York and not get tired. It, it don't even have to put in, you don't even have to put in gas. Like, like to be honest, I'm not up to date on the history of the Greyhound bus. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true, but it may not. I'm just trying. <laughs> you say you think that's disrespectful to the dog? He thinks that the Greyhound is a disrespectful, like, analogy. When I say, like, he's like a Greyhound. Like, Nate Diaz, he's like a Greyhound. Like, there was this book I read, it's called, uh... Bro, Nate Diaz is gonna hear this and be like, yo, fuck this guy's name! <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Diaz No, no. Um, yeah, Especially Nate. I think Nate is one of the most overrated fighters of all time. Mm. <laughs> I, you think I, so? Yeah. yeah. Like what? Why? What is it? Why? What? Why? Yeah, speaking. Well, I think, think I think uh, like when you judge if a fighter is good or if you like them, like everyone likes different qualities. Right? Personal preference, sure. Uh huh. Personal preference, sure. Yeah, but like I, I like people who have like I don't know more tactical, uh, yeah, yeah. more tactical approach, more uh, trickier ways to get their weapons going. Mm, yeah. You know, he just. Walks forward, throws one twos and slap hooks, and waits for you to shoot so he can try to grab the guillotine. I've never seen him like pass a guard or anything like that. Like he doesn't like get you down, control you. He doesn't like set things up really. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's just he's just a fighter without being like, in my opinion, super skillful in a variety of areas. Mm-hmm. I feel like he never adjusts his game plan. He fights the same way every time. I don't. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just like, yeah, that that's that's good. That it's good to ha- have your strong opinions about things. It's like why we gotta be in a world where everybody gotta like the same artist or everybody gotta like the same fighter. Like you said, everybody, you know, like somebody might play Street Fighter and choose uh, Zangief and like Zangief. You know the, yeah, you that's that's like that's not your cup of tea, right? So. You, you don't like Zangief, you probably pick Ryu or something. You know? <laughs> so that's that's that, you know, and that's fine. That's one hundred percent fine. Um, so I actually used to be an E Honda guy. Uh, e Honda, or like car? You talking about cars now? No, no, no. <laughs> sumo dude. Is that? Oh, 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 that's uh, that's the name. <laughs> he's I think so. Like the car. <laughs> I was like, wait, where are we going with this? The uh, Honda. Hunt. I will say about Nate Diaz, at least he does fight to his strength. Like his strength is being a greyhound or like someone who won't fade. And, yeah. and he's durable enough that he can, if he can push you long enough, like he can, he can start to come on late. Yeah. So like, but the thing is, he has to take so much damage most of the time yeah, to do it. That is true. Yeah. And he gets cut up open almost every every time. time. You know? Yeah. See, like for me, like I know 
my strengths like I'm more like a fast twitch guy you know what I'm saying so I, I have to be very careful on how I expend my energy because yeah. it's like the reserve is you know it's probably powerful but it could like and then I'm you know trying to charge up again you know? yeah so it's just about knowing like kind of your style and who you are um I wanted to know what's your take on like because uh, I find it fascinating one of the things I admire about you the most is that Usually when you see wrestlers transition into MMA, when it comes into striking men, it's like their fluidity and their rhythm isn't necessarily there. They're more like stiff when it comes to, and it takes a while to get to that point. But when anytime me and you move around, like I see like a swiftiness to you, like, a, like you have style and rhythm and uh, how was that transition? Like, was that a natural transition for you or is that something that you really like had to work on? Deliberately. Striking was very difficult to pick up. I feel like uh, jiu-jitsu came much easier than striking. It was like just a totally different dynamic from wrestling. Like, like I feel like I was athletic enough to like move, be able to move in and out of range and like in a stiff way throw some like forceful punches and stuff. But I wasn't, I wasn't good at reading things from a distance because wrestling most of the time like you have your hands on someone you, you like physically are manipulating them. There's that, that constant tension. That you have, and when you use that in striking, it's, it works against you. Like you can't, and that, I think that's what you're talking about. That stiffness that wrestlers have is like they're so it's used like to static. when they compete. They're like there's like a constant tension in their muscle mm -hmm. where they're like holding you and gripping you and trying to move you, and you have to have that kind of in wrestling. In striking, you want to be like much looser and like, and it 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 took, it took a long time to like be able to do to be able to like change the way I. You're like physically you. can like just like move in my stance instead of being like all the time. You know? I think it takes a lot of time and practice and like mental awareness of that fact to try to to change it. Did you have to like shadow box a lot with like music and stuff like that? Like, do you think I don't there's know. like a correlation? Like, you know how they say like fighting is like like it could be like a dance almost or like you know like you see like the guy like uh, Rigondeaux Chokao. I think that's his name, the Cuban boxer. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, you see the pad work and he's like moving to like Cuban music and it's like beautiful, like, and he's just like dancing in there. But I just, I'll, I just find it interesting like that, uh, how they draw that correlation. You know, I was just wondering maybe you. I don't really know specifically if there's any like one thing. It's just, I think, consistent work on trying to be a better striker and co co coaches that would always reinforce like, relax, relax, like, like, Keep your arm loose, like just slap. Like, instead of throwing a hook, like, <clears throat> like, like leave your arm loose, like you're gonna slap someone. Like a whip. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and, and like, I don't know, it was just, it took a lot of time. It was not easy, like even when they would tell me that, I'd be like. <laughs> and that weighs so much energy. <laughs> if we miss too, like, it's like, you know. I, I mean, I have trouble trying, I'm trying to teach people this stuff now. And it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy. It, and it takes time, it takes like, they can't get frustrated that they can't do it right away. You have to like, be willing to, Accept that it's gonna take time to like undo a lot of the stuff that you do already do. So it's not gonna happen overnight. Um, I don't think I did anything specific to to really change that. Uh, just a lot of work. I'd say the one thing that impacted the, my style of striking the most was uh, I got the the only time I've been dropped from a headshot was from a girl in sparring. Really? It was a head kick, but it was like. It changed the way I viewed getting hit 
Like, mm. I was like, oh, if she can drop me, anyone can drop me. It's a time. And I just like, without really putting into like conscious effort, like, like, okay, I'm gonna be a defensive fighter. Like I just started respecting every punch and kick coming way more. And that's when I started becoming like more defensive and that might've influenced like why I moved around more and that got better at moving like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that definitely like changed a huge, and not even like a real conscious one right away. I wasn't like, okay, I gotta be a defensive fighter, I gotta be a counter fighter. It just kind of like was a natural progression out of my new respect for like every shot. And I think I actually overcorrected for a long time. I was like, I don't want to get hit at all. Zero hit times hit, which is just unrealistic and it will blunt your own offense. I think I overcorrected a bit and uh, no, it still worked out. I still, have, I still do it. It's funny how like a lot of the things that we, we train or that we learn in mats is like so applicable to life, like in a sense, cause like I, I hear it is like, okay, you know, you gotta be willing to take some hits to be able to see and show the progression. You gotta be able to understand like, yeah, you know, you you get hit and you gotta respect it. So now like you're trying to, you know, adapt to certain things that are in your environment or around you to be able to push forward, you know, and go to that next level, I feel. Yeah. I mean, do you look at martial arts as like a vehicle where you kind of use it to navigate your own life? I mean, I certainly take many lessons from it. Um, I don't feel like it's trying to take me anywhere. I'm just doing it because I love doing it. I love learning. I love seeing my improvement and hopefully get to share a lot of this with other people who want to compete and fight and all that stuff. I mean, I don't, it's not like a, I'm not using it to navigate to anywhere in particular, you know, it's just a, you just hear like yeah. in the moment type thing. Just I mean, enjoying the, you just enjoying the the moment, the everything, the training, just the everything. I don't know, like why, why, <laughs> why? Like, why do you train? Because you know, one of the things that I admire about you a lot is that uh, I would see you wouldn't have a book, a fight booked at all, but I would still see you in the gym every single day, training and learning. You know, and that I see that as a true martial artist where. You know, then you, we speak about the fighter who just kind of like, oh, I got a fight book, now it's time to, but it's so hard to learn fighting in an eight week camp, you know, like, it's, it's impossible. You don't want to fight Yeah. Even when um, you were recovering from the ACL surgery, or the ACL injury, uh, I remember seeing you come in and just kind of like hanging out on the mat, like initially, like before you could even really do anything. And I was just like, man, like it, it didn't click right then and there, but like even later on, I was just like, man, that takes discipline because so many people can get injured. They're just gone for like however long, right? They're not, they're not trying to like watch tape. They're not trying to be, be a part of it. They just completely shut that part off. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to tell some of these people, like, like some of the people I'm coaching who like, will fight and then not show up for a while or whatever. They're not motivated if they don't have a fight. I'm like, yeah, you have one amateur fight, like why? You have to be, like, you have to be consistent. It's not about training for a fight, it's about training to develop your skill set. Now, I would say this is easy for me to be in the gym all the time because that's what I like. I actually don't like fighting. Fighting is very stressful for me. Okay. It's, uh, the way I view it is like, I get to do something I love every day. It's like studying something I love every day and I get to do it 
all day, every day if I want. And once in a while I have to take a test. And I don't like taking the test. I see the value of the test. It's gonna show me where I am, what I need to work on. It's important, but I don't enjoy taking it. You know, it's where I, I make money when I take the test, but it allows me to live and learn and do all the stuff that I really, I like training much more than fighting. Fighting is something I do to be able to live this life. So it's like, agree with it, that. It's, it's, it's the opposite. I love being here, I don't wanna be this is why. That's why it's so easy to be consistent because it's not about the fight for me. Yeah. It's about As learning dope. and improving and developing my skills and all that stuff. You know? That's dope. And I think me and you spoke about this briefly. It's like, man, you're not going to increase VO2 max or power production or anything in an eight week camp. Like, it's like, come on. Like, you're, now you're making it mission impossible. Like, you know, like, first, bro. so you was, I mean, you're, you mean to tell me that you was, you know, just being a piece of shit, and now you wanted to sign up for an eight weeks. You, you, it's like Mission Impossible. It's like you, you're fighting against yourself, essentially. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you're making the task even harder for yourself. You know? Um, yeah, that's fascinating, man. Oh, it's not, it's not like people don't need downtime, especially after fight camp, where the intensity is higher, the amount of work you're yeah. doing is a little higher. The fight is emotionally. Uh, you're emotionally invested. It's, yeah. it's like a, like after when my fights are done, the immediate emotion I have that is most prevalent is relief. You're like, oh, thank God it's over. <laughs> like win or lose, it doesn't matter. Thank God it's over. It's like my first emotion every time. And uh, there's just like an emotional release. Like I'm emotionally invested in this because I care about my performance. I care about all the work I'm putting in. I want to do what I do, the things I'm capable of doing. That's where the stress comes from for me. Um, so, we, but, but after that, like, you might need to relax a little bit, but that doesn't mean stop for months. Yeah, yeah. Like, you come in, you dial the intensity back, you learn, you drill, you keep working on your two, skills. Two rounds, you know, drill, and if you gotta do two rounds and dip, that's fine. Like, you don't have to, like, go crazy, ten, you know, what you was doing in camp, or if you wanna spar and just move around lightly, technically with somebody, or... It's just so hard to get started again. Like, yeah. once you stop, like come to like a complete stop it's extremely hard to get back up and to get back moving right because you know i, I feel like uh, you know i've heard and read a lot about like uh discussions on like ring rust and all this other things right and training like getting back into it like just that mental that entire mental fortitude of like shit man i don't want to go like you, you've developed this habit or this comfort of like not going back into the room to train or deal with any of that. So you sheltered yourself in a sense. And then now it's time to go back and you're like, nah, I don't really feel like dealing with this shit. You know, so it's easier to just fucking sit back down on the couch than it is to get your gym bag and go. That's why, like, I, I mean, at least for me, like getting out of work and then driving down, there's so many times where I'm like, I don't feel like going, I'm tired. Like I've had a whole day, I've worked out already in the morning, I've gone through a whole day of work, I commuted, now I'm like shit. So that's why like, sometimes I just take my gym bag with me in the car and then sometimes just come here straight from work, right? It depends on the time of the class, but. Does Zach Lukoski battle with any of these thoughts sometimes? Like, where you like? When I don't feel like going, right? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. All the time, so it's, it's like, that's why it's important that we bring this point up is that everybody, it crosses everybody's mind where they're like, 
I don't feel like training, but at some point, you know, uh, these choices gotta be made, you know, sacrifices gotta be made to do what, what it is that we love to do, which is to train martial arts for longevity, for, for time, you know, so we could keep learning and growing, you know? Um, yeah, I like that, like, the quote that's like, discipline is way more important than motivation. Yes. Motivation dies eventually. Yeah, and fluctuates all the time. It, yeah. it's, it will always do be uh, in, in flux, whereas discipline is steady. And it comes back to like what we mentioned before about being not so emotionally charged, but maybe having more of a, you know, just having a, a little bit more awareness about uh, the up and down emotions that we might come across. I think it really depends on the why. Like, why do you want to do this? Like, why are you here trying to pursue this goal? You could be doing a million other fucking things in this world with the time that you're investing. Yeah. You don't have to. Like, who are you trying to prove prove anything to, right? Like, you. There's no no reason why you you have to like you don't have to do anything right but it's just like why did you start to begin with and then it's that reason or like the reasons that it because it evolves in a sense in a way right like I like from the start of your journey all the way throughout like for 15 years for you I'm sure the reason why you took that first fight is very very different compared to where you're at now in your career. I don't think it's that different. No. Did, did your why change like from when you started to like not, like let's say your perspective maybe like your goal was when you was 20 like I'm trying to get some some new girls or a car <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to rock a belt on my shoulder you know what I'm saying and then as you Ooh. go it was like you saw maybe G, you trained with GSP up in Tristone you saw his ways and then he was like I like that better you know, like, did, did you ever, like, did it, was it a change in perspective for you? Oh, I mean, like, like, like process and, like, how I approach things changed, but I think, like, I just like competing and... Like, did you ever want to, did you ever want to buy, like, a chain, like, and just rock a chain to a press conference and just... <laughs> 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 I was, I, luckily, luckily, I went through that up, just, uh, I mean, uh, a couple buttons. Like, like you yeah, I went through that thing. Like, high speed, like, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Bracelets, chains with a big Z on. <laughs> I did that in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I got over it before I was playing. All right, weird. You know what's funny? Uh, is like people will skip training and then like not. They're like, oh, I don't feel like going today. And then they'll show up randomly and not be consistent. And then they get a fight and they're in fight camp and they're like they hurt their their elbow or something or whatever, like, or whatever. They don't feel super good or they miss a day and they freak out. Like, oh my god, I, I can't miss a day. And I'm like, relax. I give opposite advice. I'm like, relax. It's not, you can miss a day. It's take literally, two it's days. It's literally going to do nothing. <laughs> it's literally going to do nothing. And that's the thing. It's like, people freak out in the fight camp. Like, if I miss one of my sparring sessions or whatever, it's like, what do you think that's going to change exactly? Like, how much are you going to learn in one session that's going to change the way you fight? Or how much better shape you're going to get from one session that you're going to get that, that's going to really affect you in the fight? Like, how much? Zero? As close to zero as possibly imaginable. It's the same out of camp, but you can't make it a habit. You have to be consistent over time. Mm. Like, you're here, if you're consistent over time, you have, I have, since I've been wrestling since I was six years old, like 30 years of training behind me. If I miss a day, it's not the end of the world. I don't want to make it a habit, but like, there's no reason to freak out for missing one, and there's no reason to be like, I don't have to go because I don't have a fight. Like, you're constantly working. 
And when you need a time off or you miss a training session or you're tired, it's fine. You just be consistent over time and then that's, all, that's really all you need. Wow, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a beautiful perspective because me and Jamie spoke about this. Like we look at intensity scales, right? Where like, let's say you turn the volume up like all the way up and those speakers is about a burst or you know how to kind of like be in the middle. So like, you know how we describe like uh, progression over time. So like, let's say if you have a fighter that is a martial artist where they will train maybe three days a week, but it's over a course of 10 years where you might see a guy that he, you might see him once in a while, but when it's time to book a fight, he's in every single day. So it's like, it's like different sides of the spectrum almost, you know what I'm saying? And it's like what accumulates more. Like for, for us a hobby, I heard him say it on the Joe Rogan podcast where you say, I don't train to be sore, where he hit like five pull-ups, but he could hit five pull-ups every day and not be sore. Now, is here or there whether that's a good strategy to, you know what I'm saying, to actually gain strength or to actually have muscle definition, whatever, that's here nor there, but just the idea of that perspective, I yeah. find interesting. Yeah, you know? I, agree. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know about that specific example if I would agree with that, but like his, the, 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 uh, the main the thing he's trying to get across is consistency yeah. over, like, over intensity. Time. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Well, anybody is capable of intensity, right? Like anybody can be capable of being intense or having that intensity within them for, for anything at any given moment, right? But over time, that shit wears out. Like it doesn't last. Anything, uh, anything great or anything that's like worth remembering or worth having comes with consistent effort, right? Like anything can come, like anything that comes easy is gonna leave just as fast, right? But something that you've consistently worked at and you know, you've gone through all the different stages of and you've built it up from the ground up, right? Like, I feel like that lasts longer, right? Like, even look at things that, are, that we see in today's world, right? Like, nothing's built to really last anymore, right? Like, if you look at cars, if you look at computers, or if you just look, look around, right? But before, like, things were built to last a long time, right? Plus, there's a supply chain crisis. There you go. One quick question. One, <laughs> the, the, um, but that, the point of that, like, intensity is important. It's just when, like, time the intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a time to He's not saying, like, you never need to train hard, you just train lightly all the time. It's, yeah. it's not, that's not the point of it. You know, it's just that consistency is the most important thing. 100%. Yeah. And this is a question out of left field, but uh, what's your favorite punch? Punch? Yeah, like, what's your favorite punch? Yeah. There's, there's a reason I asked this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, throughout my career, it was definitely always like a counter left hand. But now Nice I, quick check hook type thing? Or? No, that's, a, that's my right hand. Oh, okay, you said lefty. That's right, that's right, yeah. Counter left. But now I'm like really liking body shots, so I'd probably say I left to the body. I left uppercut to the body. The reason I ask that is because like, you know, you might have like a fighter who's like a point fighter, like uh, Rigondeaux, Chokao, where he's more like in and out. And then you might have like a, like you've seen that guy Isaac Cruz who just fought Javante Davis, who was like hooks to the body is beautiful, but it's just two different sides of the spectrum. So like, the reason I ask that is because like, for me, my favorite punch is actually the jab. Just cause like, it's like sword, like you ever seen like sword fighting? 
it's kind of like to be, yeah, like fencing, yeah, like trying to get to that target as fast as you can and just come out, you know. But I, I just asked that. You just, surprised me with your speed when we were doing the jab sparring. With the jabs? <laughs> it's, like it's like sword fighting to me. It's just like fighting behind the jab. And it's a safe punch. It's a safe punch and it's not, it's like a cal like also if you time it right, you, it's almost like a very highly um, successful rate when landing the target. I don't know, I just wanted to ask you, maybe you saw what I was trying to say there. I think the jab is a key to opening a lot of other. And on the chessboard, it's also like the pawns. Like the pawns? Yeah, it's just like you setting pawns. You, you, you know, you're setting, <laughs> you're setting the, the, the big, bigger pieces up, but you march down the field with the, with the jab and then you hit them with the, you know, with the, with the other punch. I'm, I'm southpaw, so I never, like, I'm always, uh, our lead hands are always like, uh, like against each other. So the jab is less relevant in opposite stances than like same stance, where my, where both of our like lead hand lines up with the center line. Yeah. Where in opposite stance, where both of our lead hands line up with each other. And the jab is just, I think, less available, especially as a shorter southpaw. He might be, a, uh, have more use for the jab than I do. Mm. But I have other things that I use as a jab. Like the jab is more of an idea than just one punch. It's like, I'm, Re getting you to react and opening some some avenues up, like even a feint, like even a feint. Yeah. Feints is important when it comes to like setting off rhythm and stuff, right? Like <clears throat> feints is very important. Yeah, and many kicks, like lead kicks, like the lead side kick to the leg, lead step up, like kick. Nothing like I'm not trying to hurt your leg. I'm tapping you, bait to see how you react. Mm -hmm. Every little jab or thing is like this is what I tell these guys. Like it's, I'm asking you a question. What are you doing about I'm this? Like, what do yeah. you think about this? Yeah. What do you think about this? And if you do nothing, then I'll then I'll stick it. No, because you're not reacting. Really you know, once you start question. like once you start moving yeah. and reacting to it, you're opening it. You're gonna open something. Right? So yeah. it's a whole different question, though. <laughs> it's a question with an exclamation point behind it. <laughs> but um, man, I think we'll wrap it up there, Zach. Um, we down the line we could definitely do another one. I, uh, again, thank you for doing this. Uh, and uh, buy this man's DVD. Protect your neck, right? That's what it's called. Protect your neck. Um, Wu Tang is for the children. Thank you. I appreciate oh, you, man. Thank, thank you. Um, that's episode 10. 11. 11 of the Prime Warrior Podcast. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Prime Boys out. Thank you again to everybody for tuning into the Primal Warrior Podcast. That was episode 11 with Zach Makovsky. Um, make sure you go over to bjjfanatics.com and check out his DVD on defending front chokes. It's called Protect Your Neck. Um, that's on BJJ Fanatics. Uh, you can just look up Protect Your Neck or Zach Makovsky. Either one will come up. Uh, make sure you go follow Zach over at Zach underscore Makovsky on everything. And yeah, we'll catch you next week.